On this podcast, two young travelers, Alex Dethrow and Jesse Lanier, will be going on a journey to find the greatest cinematic treasures. Each week, they spin the wheel of fate and allow destiny to decide whether the next few hours will be filled with genius and wonder or boredom and mediocrity. Our heroes hope to unbury hidden gems and share their discoveries with the world through humble conversations and maybe, if they're lucky, better themselves along the way. So welcome, one and all, to The Movie Quest! Welcome back to this podcast, which we call the Movie Quest, TMQ for short, which uh, I, I refer like to it as TMQ Whoa. often in my notes. Yeah. Um, I'm here with myself, Jesse, and my good friend, Alex Devereaux. Um, today, we're talking about a, a filmic picture, uh, a, 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 mo- a motion <laughs> photograph. <laughs> a filmic picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a it's a film called Jackie Brown yeah. by the one and only Quentin uh, Blair and Blino, uh, who is a, who is a favorite of ours, a, <laughs> a favorite of of America's, yes, yeah. uh, the world. And, and Jack, Jackie Brown's one of his uh, well known successful films, but maybe not quite as ball bustingly famous as some of his other ones, such as Pulp Fiction yeah. and Inglorious Bastards yes. and uh, <laughs> maybe Reservoir Dogs. Who's Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> who's this guy? What yeah, are we like, talking who, about? Who's this guy? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we did a ranking in our old archaic yeah, podcast that was years of his ago. films one years time. Ago. Yeah, years wow, ago. Yeah, that was like five uh, years ago, four or five years ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, which that was that was fun. He's one of those, uh, you know, uh, maybe I, I like baby. And, and listen, I wish I looked back and listened to that. I wonder what my ranking was with that. Because one of the kind of Hollywood had just come out. You know. Yeah, it was still pretty that. fresh. Yeah. Wonder, would you put that? Would you put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood above Pulp Fiction now? No. Okay. Right below it. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty high up there for me. Movie, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so Quentin Tarantino is kind of one of those dudes who's probably like when you're into film, he's like baby's first auteur that you get into yeah, for, for like for, a lot of people our age. And he really he he was really significant because he kind of blew open up. Uh, like an art house vein of movie right. making with Reservoir Dogs, well, he had a and he was super just audacious style, you know. I mean, just yeah. such a it's really unique voice, in your face style that um, we're. I mean, we'll get to talking around, but he was inspired by a a a, a really just eclectic styles of films and like. Filmmakers and like his films are, you know, lo- you know, famously a smorgasbord of, you know, master filmmakers that he loves, you know, and types of yeah. films, genres that he loves. Right, That's what right, makes right. Him so great. He is like the master at stealing and reinterpreting. Um, Absolutely. And, like yeah. the 
last round. There's no one better, in my opinion, than Quentin Tarantino at um, repurposing something like Spaghetti Western, you know, or, or yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no one better than Quentin Tarantino. Like, he somehow yeah. makes movies where you're like, I know exactly what this is going to be, but you also don't. Like, he... Yeah. Has he's able to he has his own unique style, but he is he is such a fan of cinema, like yeah. all types of cinema, and it's just you feel that every single one of his movies and like it's just, like ooze like just how much he loves movies and he takes from and so he, many and... different movies and, and creates this really. You know, the Clinton Tarantino style as we know it now, which is like, you know, um, unlike any filmmaker, very few filmmakers right. like him. Like, right. He, and he kind of has like this um, cohesiveness through his films that's uh, the com- like kind of like Wes Anderson in his sure, style, yeah. not yeah, in yeah. similarly yeah. In, in, in style, but the cohesiveness Auteur. of his voice, auteur yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, sure. But it, it's, 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 uh, it's a really impressive that he can do that when he's really just genre bashing stuff a yes. lot of the times, but it's, but you're right. He's such a, he's such a master at it. Wow. Um, and Jackie Brown is a really, uh, another really unique take and yeah. uh, at the black exploitation film and yeah. a really cool move to, I didn't really understand the significance of casting, uh, Pam Greer and yeah. Robert Forrester yeah. 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 Uh, because of them being like these really well-known actors and like, much older generation shows and then yeah. to kind of bring them back well, and revitalize Greer, them I mean, like is, that. I mean, Foxy Brown, Coffee, like these are like iconic. Which is really cool. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that she yeah. was actually the lead in those movies. You know, she was, yeah. she's actually what she's known for. And then for her to come back in like this, you know, uh, I guess I'll use postmodern way and Jackie Brown yeah, yeah, is no, pretty a, sick. Yeah, postmodern is a great word uh, to use for that. I mean, I think like, um, I mean, so, right off the bat, I, uh, fucking love this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, uh um, It slaps. It's real good. This is like a, this is like, I mean, I don't know, this is a five-star movie. This shit. Yeah. I love this movie. And this is a movie that gets better and better as I watch it. This is like a, yeah. uh, this is one of my favorite Tarantino movies, like, as of now, you know, um, you know, talking in 15 years, you know. Yeah, who knows? And, <laughs> but I think that this movie is so impressive and so entertaining and so unique and so different for him um, that you have to also put this in context when Jackie Brown came out. He was like 1997. Mm-hmm. He had just come off Pulp Fiction, which was... Yeah. <laughs> A massive, you know, cultural event phenomenon, critically, commercially, like nothing could have gone better than Qu- for Quentin Tarantino when Pulp Fiction came out. Nothing. Yeah. Won the yeah, Palme yeah. won Oscars, made a ton of fucking money. Like, I mean, it's the perfect Same scenario success story. any filmmaker yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 could yeah. have. You know. Um. So what's interesting is. Coming off of Pulp Fiction, which is like this, you know, very subversive film, you know, purposely, very subversive, very out there, with like non-linear storytelling, 
like influenced by you know all these different types of things like suspense films, crime films, uh, exploitative mm-hmm. films, you know, um, like seventies horror movies, like yeah, it, it was just such a weird and cool blending of style. I mean, it's Pulp Fiction. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, like hands yeah. down, <laughs> uh, one of the coolest movies ever made, and you know, annoyingly one of the most uh, referenced films and pop culture yes. of all time. Yes. Especially, you know, when Paul Pitson came out, that's when things like The Simpsons and you know, all these that were on TV that were like the Seinfeld, huge one, that was referencing pop culture, you know, and Quentin Tarantino yeah, was someone that's a who, really interesting point. who was doing that and felt that no one was really doing Like, the fact that... Yeah. The fact that... Soundtracks? Uh, music? Oh, good, yeah. I mean, like, people... Um, were good, you know, there's soundtrack songs and stuff like that but the idea of needle dropping um which is you know a term that's used to like say you know soundtrack music that is primarily the score you know he didn't have a score really until kill bill is weird is a weird thing because it wasn't in the score but it's a lot of sample stuff and it's a lot of like who's sampling from so it's like that's kind of a uh, weird argument, but until yeah. uh, hopefully, I I think yeah. when Laura did the score, I don't think he since then had like a original score. Maybe a Glorious Bastards had. I can't think of like I don't know if there was a score yeah, for a that. Point. I think he used music for that. And Django had music, also like soundtrack music and, and right, stuff right, like that. Right. They got felt super unique, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean there are so many things that he was doing, but. Paul Fiction was so huge. You would expect a guy like that to have like a major success for his next film to be Kill Bill. You know what I mean? Like a four yeah, hour right. long, big swing of a movie. It's four hours. Like who convinced the studio <laughs> to be like four hour movie. You know, you'd expect like a film to, for him to go bigger. He actually went smaller with his film Way after smaller. Paul Fiction. And re-watching this like last night this is like it's actually like a culture shock uh like rewatching this because it's so subdued for him and so like um mature in the sense of like the characters and the human emotions that these characters are going through it's so natural which i would never call a quick tarantino movie like you know uh you know his movies are are so in your face, like fun operatic. That's what makes them so yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. But this one is so different feeling than, than a lot of his films. Like, What's Fun of Common Hollywood is, I think, the closest to it. But even What's Fun of Common Hollywood has the, you know, ending scene, which is fucking like, you know, him going full on, here's what you, you know. I know what you want. It's what you came Quentin for. Tarantino, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, but... I love that film. But, you know, this film is so fascinating to, to go back and rewatch. Because this is like, I find this film, like, so impressive. Like, of what he was able to do with this movie. And, and like, the boldness of even making it after Pulp Fiction also. And it's not like this movie's right. like, 
so weird or, or out there it's not like a Babylon or a fucking Southland Tales where you get you know just went full on fluffer or crazy it's just like it's the it's the restraint it's the you know allowing yeah. like like his fans like going there's reports of this like when this movie came out it wasn't nearly as loved and as nearly as you know critically acclaimed as, as Pulp Fiction and I think a lot of that has to do with the expectation. A lot of it had to do with yeah, people sure. going in expecting Pulp Fiction too, and expecting, you know, and they got such a different movie than I think that they expected. And I just admire the fuck out of that. I mean, I, I just think like I do, yeah, I agree. And I don't think people talk about that enough. That because this is his most underrated movie, in my opinion. But I don't think people talk about this movie enough. I don't think this movie is. Uh, reference enough when you talk about Tarantino, I think that this is like a legitimately like a masterpiece, like from him. I think that this is like as close as perfect as like a film like this can get. Like a hangover, yeah, a yeah, hangout, yeah, yeah. heist movie, like the tone that he's going for. And his stamp that he puts on this movie is like, it's a quick Tarantino movie. You get that great characters, that great dialogue. The great non-linear storytelling that he does in this movie that is yeah. so tasteful and cool. So and like effective, not, yeah. Not, like, showy in any way. There's nothing about this movie that is like, look at me. And I just think yeah. that that is, as I get older, I'm just more and more and more impressed by this movie. And I just think it's, I just think it's so fucking funny and entertaining. And I have, like, a ton of notes because uh, I was well, watching I was writing down so, so many lines so many like things yeah, that right. I just absolutely it's so juicy with good shit it. yeah and it reminds me of like you know why I love what's put a kind of Hollywood so much because you just yeah. put that movie on and you just like hang out with these characters like you just yeah and it's the great. dialogue it's so is great. so funny and fr- like just you just um I, I this is the kind of movie when it ends I'm like I want to watch this immediately again i just want to i, I want to see that yeah, again. Yeah, i want to see that moment again i want to see all that and like i was thinking it's, about it's so like impressive. when i was looking at the wikipedia to like re- refresh it i was getting excited just reading the story yeah, in the wikipedia because right, right. the movie was replaying in my head i was like oh i'm yeah, getting like fired up <laughs> yeah it's and i think there's so much to this that makes it i think while you're starting to talk about the performances i think are fucking Casting Pam Greer is, is like, you know, he's had many, like, strokes of geniuses and, like, in the casting department, obviously, famously, John Travolta and, and Paul Pixel yeah. is his most, you know, well-known, but also, you think about, um, fucking, you know, like, a smaller role, like, Don Johnson and, and fucking Django is the plantation owner, like, casting the guy from Miami yeah. Vice as a plantation owner is not... <laughs> Somebody would, somebody would do, but it's great. Like, it's so genius and weird and cool. And, yeah, Robert Forrester is, like, fucking, I mean, so great. I think this might be my favorite Samuel L. Jackson performance. I think yeah, it's Sam pretty, Jackson it's pretty wild. in this pretty movie sweet. is everything out of his fucking mouth is perfect. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, from the minute you meet him and he's watching this insane ad that called like Sydney to take his ad and he's, he's advertising a tech nine and him like explaining yeah. 
how bullshit the Tech Nine is, and like how bullshit, you know, he's such a bullshit gun. And he talks about the AK, and he's like, if you want to kill every motherfucker in this building, <laughs> AK 47. He's just debating his beard, his hair is fucking ridiculous. It's obviously a wig that he's wearing. It's so fun, and he just seemed like he was having so much fun, like playing this character. And yeah. And this movie gives you that Tarantino dialogue where it's clear that they're saying there's no improvising going on at all on his set. You know, yeah. there's none yeah, of that. Yeah. But sometimes you can, in some of his movies, like The Hateful Eight, for example, that feel like a little stilted in a way because because the the you can tell that there's the actors are so on it saying the words, and I felt like The Hateful Eight it doesn't work as well because the characters are supposed to be kind of. I don't know. I think it, yeah, it, that's it, good it analysis. The yeah. vibe a little bit of that movie. It's not a bad movie by any stretch of imagination, but it's like really vibe a little bit. This film is the opposite of that. Like I love the rhythm of it, the cadence of it, the just how these characters talk to each other is like the the appeal of this movie. That's it. There's no violence. There's no like action scene in this movie. There's no there's, you know, no random acts of violence. There's a couple that, you know, that are huge, and we'll talk about it. Significant. But like, <laughs> yeah. But the reason that you watch this movie is to see Jackie Brown and Max Cherry talk to each other. That's why you watch right. this movie. And that is but, uh, such an incredible feat. Like, it's, it's amazing right. that, you know. It's, and and it's, it's just written words because you're right. It's not it, it's not improvisation, but it feels no. so natural that it feels right. like improvisation. Like the deer hunter or something like that, you know, in terms right. of natural line. Uh, it does, uh, but it also, also, like, this movie, like you were saying, is based, it has a foot in the door of black exploitation. It's not like him making, this is what I love about this. It's not him making something like Death Proof, which I really like. But Death Proof is like him being like, I'm making a hammer movie. Like, mm-hmm. and that's a hammer movie, like, three and three. Like, there's no... Right. Cheesiness and all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cheesiness and all. This is like, it has a foot in the door of black exploitation, but it's not like a black exploitation movie. It just has this vibe to it with the one-liners, yeah. the way that they talk to each other. That's the... The, the black, you know, exploitation. If you watch some of those early black exploitation movies, they're really funny. Like, some of those, like, the way that the, the they just didn't give a fuck. Like, those, you know, yeah. black performers <laughs> and, like, black actors and, and writers and shit, they were writing it for black audiences. So they were basically saying things that were, you know, you know, in that community and which were very, uh, you know, just funny. Like they were, if you watch some of those movies, are like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah. so, like they're like, it's just like some of those movies are funnier than half the comedies you watch. You know, they're like, they're yeah, so right. ridiculous. You know, and fun in such a great. You can tell why he likes those movies so much. He's not making fun of black exploitation movies at all. Yeah, he loves yeah, yeah. them. Like Cassie Pangreer, like he loves her. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like he's making a parody of Black... It's, there's not, it's just like he wanted to capture the vibe, the music, and the way that, you know, some one-liners are said and, you know, they talk to each other. That's kind of where it comes from. But it also comes from, like, you know, heist movies from the 70s and, and like, hangout movies and, and classic, like, L.A. movies, you know? Like, so it's like... 
it, it's just and that's a, amazing that, that, scoring it's, uh, it's incredible and it's a and it's another so there's a lot of uh things that this has me thinking about because what what you just said is like a reason why the way that he does genre in his movies works so well is it you know it's because it's it's out of love not because of like some kind of taking advantage of a trend or because things are popular he's not taking advantage of anything he really does make these types of genre things because yeah. it's like man i am just so obsessed with this thing right exactly, now right. and i think also the reason why his um his other movies like the violence and the stuff which people say yeah. isn't this self-indulgent mm, isn't this sure. all these kinds yeah. of arguments right. i think jackie brown's a good example of why those films don't feel that way at least to right. me and to most people is because well he's really i think he really honors like the world yeah. of the movie every time right. he honors the characters he honors the well, genre it's the really goofiness. for them that's the goofiness of like the criticism of his movies like is that you know they go see Django, like this is a bloody movie like do you have no idea like what he did <laughs> Right, yeah. if you're gonna criticize this movie, you're gonna criticize all movies he's referencing. Like, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, yeah, because yeah, he's a big yeah. filmmaker, he just has a big target on his back, and he like knows that. You know, like, what's going to call Hollywood will be the last time a movie of his most likely will have controversy because it was so stupid that I think people hopefully when his next movie comes out are like, all right, let's let's lay off on the dumb hit pieces of his movies because. They make no sense, you know. Like, si right. it, he's silencing Sarah and Kate. Like, did you watch the movie? Like, <laughs> you know, I, like yeah, this I is know. an homage to her. This, new, this whole movie is an homage to how great she was. Like, I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> it's so I wild. Um, anyway, uh, I think yeah. it's just, it, it, that's, it's a weird example uh yeah, I know. It's it's interesting how because that's another thing about Tarantino is that he's not he's not a modern filmmaker at this point in time well, anymore. No, you know, I know, right? Let's out he's of, years ago. He's of the past generation, which is really weird to think about because yeah. I still think of him as being super hip, mostly right. because his movies are not dated in the slightest. Well, you know, well, they they are still well, some of my favorite of that, movies. I think part of that is who's referencing. You know, movies from the past, but it's also like blending yeah. them in a way. You know, it's postmodernism. It's it's what he, it's what he learned, You know, it's like um, why his movies will always not be dated because he never. I was watching it too. And I was thinking too. I was like, oh yeah, after Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and I guess this and then Kill Bill, he never made a movie set in standard in a in a modern times after that. Like, all his movies mm -hmm. are either, you know, Glorious Bastards, uh, fucking Django, yeah. Hateful Eight, uh, what's called Hollywood, and then his new movie, which is called, uh, being reported, being called The Movie Critic, and it's really set in the 70s. So it's like, I don't think, it's, it's interesting that he, after this movie, well, Kill Bill is kind of weird, because like, I don't even know. You know, it's such a surreal world. You don't even really know it's what like, it's yeah, set. It's like a fantasy world modern, almost. But yeah. it is modern. Um, yeah. But I think it's interesting that he never, he, he never made a contemporary movie, like his past four or five movies. And I think part of that is... Yeah, it's I think, really interesting. One, I think the budget's get big, you know? And he's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> if I could recreate Hollywood in 1969, I can fucking, I'm going to fucking do it. 
you know, like, yeah. So I think part of it is like you can tell these stories in like these grand ways, you know, like recreate, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, 40s Germany and all that stuff. So it's like, um, that probably helps, but I think, I don't know, I, I think that's another reason why his films don't feel good because he's referencing for the older things, but he's also kind of making movies that are that are not tied to when they're when they're set, you know, like Jackie Brown, yeah, will be cool. Whatever it would turn out, it's not tied to a time, you know. And that, that's right. how things feel timeless. It's like they, uh, yeah, they're just not tied to, you know, the time period when we turn out. Like you have to, right. you and, have and to th- be alive in the seventies to get this movie. It's like that, yeah, like right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, um, because I think he he does do a really good job of also making it so, um like it captures whatever period he's working in but he's always like he he's doing it in a way where you don't need to know the conventions of that time like you just yeah. said you don't need to know what it, you don't have to be in the 70s to get what's going on like there's no shorthand or con, or or language like that that's used it's all very accessible because it's about he's he's so character focused you yeah. know that's you know that like like uh you access jackie brown because the moment that you see jackie brown you're like well i want to follow this character it's amazing like that mm-hmm. opening shot of the movie you're amazing, like i'm yeah. cool with this being the main character i'll follow her to the ends of the earth yeah. i'm invested already right. just seeing her walk down this fucking hallway for two minutes you know yeah um yeah, I totally. And I mean, I don't. What do you, What do you want to do? We're the leader. What do you want to do? Yeah, how do we? What do you want to call that? How do we approach this? Well, um, the performances we should... and how great they are. Sam Jackson. Yeah, I, I oh, Robert De Niro. Weird role for him. Very strange yeah. role, but it really works. You know, like it's honestly movie, one of my like, favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would go as far to say that. I love him. his character. He's great. No, oh, <laughs> his character. His character. Really, oh, sorry. I just heard you. I thought he was like one of your favorite yeah. De performances or something. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. His character. But, uh, yeah, no. I, his character is incredible. It's so funny and uh, ridiculous. But the casting of De Niro is fascinating because when, when I watch this first time, I'm like, why is this guy Robert De Niro? Like, this is a <laughs> 1997. Goodfellas was like cut out two years ago. Like you know, what I mean? he's still like the shit. Like I mean, he's still like you know one of the best on-screen yeah, actors. Point. And you cast him in this movie as this guy who barely says a, weird a word. Little role. Yeah, yeah, he barely talks. Uh, yeah, in this movie until the end. And but it's actually kind of brilliant the way that Gennaro plays it because he's. There are so many shots of him that I just laugh at him. Like, what is it? Because he just has this look of just like, I, I know what you mean. Oh all the time. But also this look of like, what? This or bottled, confusion. Yeah, confusion. <laughs> but also this bottled anger. You know? Yeah. And that was so important for what, what happens to that character at the end, you know? And like, so he's great. The one performance where I'm like, every time I watch, I've seen this movie three or four times, and like, this every time this actor shows up, I'm like, Wait a minute. I always forget who's in this movie. Michael Keaton. I, I actually always... agree with you. That's funny. And he's fine in the movie. Like, he's good. But I'm it's like, kind of jarring for some reason. Yeah. Well, it's Michael Keaton. This is also like, you know, he's Batman. Like, I'm sure Michael Keaton, like, after this, like, he kind of went down, like, a, he didn't really do a lot of stuff. Like, after, he, he recently had, like, a 
resurgence with like that with a uh, Birdman and, and like yeah. you know Spotlight and all those great movies that he did in the twenty tens. But um this is a weird pro- because it's not utilizing anything that makes Malcolm great. Like like yeah. Malcolm is one of the funniest and like out there actors of like the eighties and like amazing stand up and like really badass and, and cool. This movie is kind of like, it can be played by anybody. Like, I'm glad that Michael yeah. Keaton's in this movie. Like, it's cool to see him. But it's just funny because you're like, it's just like, he's such a good movie star and he plays like this kind of like straight man character. You know, he's an important character. You know, uh, um, fucking the, the cop or the detective. Um, what's his name? It's, uh, like, yeah. Right, uh, right. I think, right. yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, he's great. But it's just like, it's weird. It's like interesting casting. Like he's just not doing anything that you want Michael Keaton to do. But maybe that's part of it. You know, that's part of like the, the interesting casting of him is like he's not doing any of the stick. You know that Michael Keaton usually does. You know, in, right? In his movies. This is interesting. Yeah, but there's there's something about it that's not quite the same kind of feeling of like Robert De Niro has a small role, which feels like he might deserve a bigger role because he's so big but his small role really feels huge in the movie by the by the end yeah his character because his character is a large majority of like it's a very like important integral character to the plot of the film the story of the film you know yeah but but michael michael keaton's character honestly feels like it's like this is cuttable it's enjoyable but it's like it's more cuttable i mean uh, i think like, like yeah, it's cuttable, but it's also it is important in terms of like Jackie's relationship with the cops. Absolutely, and how yeah. It's it serves I love a lot that. of functions. All that shit is amazing, but um, like it's great. Like he's awesome, but it's like every time I see it, I'm like, oh yeah. I always forget that he's in this movie. He's yeah, it's dark, like I, I get, it's like the only it's only area maybe of like uh, a nitpicky weakness that you can yeah, kind of exactly. delve into. Where it's, it's not really it's not really something that bothers me either. But I just, totally know it's what just you're kind talking of pulls about. Me out of it because like he's such a huge movie star and he's just kind <laughs> of playing this guy who's kind of like whatever. And you know he wasn't yeah. like such a good guy who's a movie star like he had a seven, but now I'm such a huge Alan fan that it's kind of like I'll never be like. As much as this is probably one of the best movies he's ever been in, but I wouldn't be mm-hmm. like quintessential Michael Keaton performance right here. Absolutely. <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. That's but it's that, one of that's the best really movies funny. he's been in, which is really funny, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really funny. Well, okay. What I want to approach is kind of go back to the beginning of the movie and kind of talk about um, how compelling and interesting the structure of yeah. this film is. Yeah. Because. Um, when in our last podcast, I had forgotten it was so similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and being sure, structured yeah. like a very yeah. casual hangout right. movie. Because the story's like it has that heist quality. I remember it being yes. so intense, which it is intense, there's, but there's so scenes. chill. Yeah. It's yeah. so chill. Yeah. Um, so like the thing that I love about this where he 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 is just so good at like blending tones and pacing and going from fast pace intensity to slow like mellow moments and one of the things in the beginning of this movie is that he goes from jackie brown with that scene and then i think he cuts and doesn't have her talk it just has her like get arrested i think yeah and then we cut to ordell and my favorite line when when she is trying to like talk to the cops and she's like can i see your id like she's like this this woman's awesome like I'll, I'll follow her to the ends of the earth she's basically just yeah. you know trying to like and then they find cocaine and she goes 
Let's watch it. And then it just cuts to her going yeah. to jail. Yeah. It's great. That's, yeah, that's super, super great. Uh, and then it cuts to Ordell and Lewis and that whole scene with what you're talking about yeah. with like the, the TV, the TV advert, yeah, which right. it goes. So they're all this jumping around in the beginning. Well, it's all this it's introducing like, to these characters, right? In like a really fun way. It's like introducing but, all the players, you know? And he does, he does a perfect job of pacing it where there's just like, you don't quite know what's going on, yeah. but you know, it's connected and it's yeah. going to lead to something. Yeah. Um, and the first, the first big point in the movie, I always remember the first time I saw this and how much of a punch it was like the point that like, I really realized that this movie was kind of going to be something was when, uh, Ordell kills Beaumont. Right. right? Yeah. So uh, that's a, that's an amazing scene. Um, Chris Tucker. Phenomenal. Uh, as Beaumont is yeah. fucking awesome, <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, you know, I, I wish he was in the movie more. He's so, Chris Tucker's so fantastic. And, you know, he doesn't really show up that much in movies. He's in air, and he's great there. And he pops mm. up in, like, a movie every, like, six or eight Boom. years. Yeah, and right. And he's, like, just <laughs> did an awesome performance, and then just, like, pieces out. Um, yeah. He's so but, he's so fun and like awesome fun to watch. Oh yeah, yeah he's, he's incredible. In, the, in this period, he was like, also that guy, the shit, like he had a seventy, like yeah, he had like the fifth element, the Friday movies, Rush Hour, I think had just come out. Yeah, uh, wow. he was like he was a big fucking deal. Um, but uh, yeah, that I mean, Beaumont is incredible. Um, little uh, fun little fun fact for you. So when the best scene when they. When uh, Ornell tells Beaumont to get in the trunk, and they have that whole that great scene, like, I'm not getting awesome. the trunk. All that, but so there's a line sick. where he goes, uh, I can't say the whole line, but he goes, You kind of, you kind of gave her off guard with this shit, you know, that line. <laughs> yeah. So this time watching it, I'm like, For some reason, when I heard that line, I just like, it like pierced my heart, and I laughed so hard at it. And I'm like, why did yeah. I? I was like, oh <laughs> my god! I fucking one of my favorite albums ever is a Pagata by Maglum. Yeah, pretty good. That line is sampled like on that song, on one of the songs Sick. on that album. Like, no, what? I was like, oh fuck! Like, I struck a chord. You kind of that's so shit. funny. But uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a fun fact. It's on. I forget what I should have looked up what track it was, but one of the tracks on that album like you'll hear because that album he has all these great black exploitation seven like uh movie samples throughout that one does and, and yeah that's yeah. one of them uh which is cool i was i just thought that was i was like oh oh where did i know that oh my god um, that's a really that's cool fact. A that's a really times. awesome <laughs> Yeah, just like kind of like pull up, pull well, here, a, a sample out of the ether. You watch a movie and you see a line, you're like, why do I know that line so well? And then you're like, yeah, oh, shit, yeah, I'm trying to sample it in some song that I've listened to four hundred times. Yeah, that's know? yeah, that's fucking sick. That's yeah. fucking sick. Um, but yeah, that scene, that whole that whole moment is great because it kind of reveals. Um, well, what it does is kinda, it reveals or that Ordell's yeah. a fucking psycho, right? It's like this guy. Like, this guy's awesome. Yeah, he's an arm yeah. stealer, but he's cool as fuck. This guy's cool as fuck. He's fine. And we're he's prepared for... He's got a weird lady that just lives with him. You know, it's just yeah. like... Uh, Melanie, I still don't... The relationship with them is, like, so blurry and funny. Where it's like... Yeah. Uh, his girlfriend, I, 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 I guess. I buy a house for her, and he lives there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And she just wears a bikini the whole time and just like smokes weed. Yeah. It's really, really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, but, his, but his... I think I wrote that down too. I wrote that scene down too because the way that Tarantino shot the, the murderer was not the way that you would think Tarantino would suit that, you know? Yeah. At that time, yeah. you know? It's a long shot. Uh, and you just hear the car pull up and you just see him get out of the car and shoot him in the truck. And it's like this long shot. Like, you, you kind of have to be like, did he shoot him? Like, like what what happened there, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's really chilling. Uh, it's very, like, chilling and, like, but that adds to the language of the movie, right? This, uh, this laid back, you know, if you had, like, a fucking shot of Bowog's fucking brains blowing up on the camera, that was pretty weird, you know? Like, yeah. it's just, it fits yeah. the language of the movie really, really well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and as I'm thinking about this, it's actually even, I'm actually, I think it's even more genius than I originally thought from, like, a pacing and, and storytelling perspective because yeah. before this, you had him, because it was, it was really jarring because he invested money and right. time into getting him out of prison because yes. Beaumont yeah. got caught, right. and the reason he kills him is because he's expecting him to uh, out him. Yes, um, but also, but like, we, all we had the things that, connected with Max and the bogs and, like, trying to, absolutely. you know, yeah. Because we had before that, we had another great before Beaumont's death. We had that great scene with Ordell and Max, you know, where they're talking, we're introducing Max. Yeah. And oh, then right, right, right. what that does is that you immediately feel concern for Jackie when you see right. Ordell bailing Jackie out. When right. you realize, exactly, oh shit, right. she's he's who he's smuggling right. money for. It's right. like, okay, now the story, yeah. you feel the story. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like everything just, set up, the tension set up, yeah. it's perfect. I just love like everything. I just love how subdued and uh chill and kind of but still like intense and it's all these he just focused on the characters so like intensely with this movie. Like he really the, the 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 choice of how he directed this was perfect. Like literally, like I don't know how you could have done it better. Like he just never gets in the way. The camera never gets in the way uh, in this movie. Yeah, uh, literally all about these characters. And there's great, you know, transitions, cool little flourishes that he puts in this movie. You know, there's a great Ryan Apollo split screen. You know, if you know anything about Tarantino, he yeah. Works up to the altar of Brian Palma, so of course he <laughs> yeah. has this, you know, this great split screen. Um, and like, you know, there's forces like that, but there's never a scene where Laura gets suit in the face, gets shot in the face, or there's no heroin sequence from Pulp Fiction, you know, there's no like uh, outlandish, you know, like in your face crazy filmmaking you know it's like very yeah yeah but it works so fucking well for this movie and re-watching it is like it, it just re the more times you re-watch it the first it's like the little nasty also effect also when you watch a movie like it's this true. It's, yeah they're like subdued and almost like feel feels like like a plot is kind of secondary it's almost kind of like because at the end of the day also we don't really nothing it's kind of a romance movie in a way. It's kind of a movie yeah. that is about Max and Jackie kind of having this connection, you know? And it's like through this heist. And there are so many 
amazing moments for me that I fucking love where they just, they'll be talking about the heist, they'll be talking about the plot, and then the conversation will just divert into talking about their lives. Yeah. Or not yeah. telling her a story. And her record, you know, it's like, one, that's how people talk to each other. That's everyday life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other. But I just love that he lets these conversations sit and, like, reminds you about these characters and what really matters is these characters. Like, yeah, the heist is cool, you know? The heist is a cool thing. But you never really know. What I also love is, like, Jackie could do this. She doesn't really... She's, like, she's watching it money. You know, there's no, like... Yeah. What I love, too, is that, like, there's no, like... Most, in most heist movies, there's a reason that they're doing the heist, right? There's a reason that they're like, I gotta do this, I gotta get this. But Jackie's like, yeah, just, money's cool. Yeah, and, yeah. like, let's do it, because we, money's awesome, and let's fuck these people, you know? Like, so it's just right. like, I love it. It's just so, it's so almost counterintuitive to, like, what a heist movie, like, should right. be, you know? The the weird. other counterintuitive thing about it is how Max and Jackie are both in their fifties, which is a yes. really oh, fresh that. yeah, thing. That That's old, like yeah, it's it's so yeah, it's beautiful. It's so like indescribably appealing. There's something well, about that which is just like yeah. perfect casting, amazing chemistry, great lines and dialogue. Ch- unbelievable chemistry, like unbelievable. Like they just so this I wrote down also when so when Max bails Jackie out of prison, that's one of the best scenes Tarantino's ever done. Uh I it is so simple, but it is it makes my it, I just when he got that amazing close up of Max and the song uh fuck I forget what the name of the song is, but the yeah, just I, know, un- I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. Needle drop, like just this insanely awesome song, and you know he's noticing her for you know yeah, seeing her that. for the first time. It's like it makes your heart flutter. You can't not be wrapped up in it. And like I wrote down after that scene because this movie has like incredible music. It's honestly baffling how. Every single needle drop is like perfect. Like every single yeah, song yeah. in this movie, not only is it a great song for the era, like 70s soul and like late 60s soul, like great deep cuts also. Like there's there's big hits like Natural High and shit. Like that's a big, uh, Natural High. That's a great song. But there's a lot of great deep cuts for like the Galphonics and the Supremes and, and like so like such an eclectic Bobby Wombax. There's like such this like great eclectic styles of soul music, but they're deep cuts. Like he could have easily done like big pop songs or big, you know, hits from the from yeah. the era. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't. And but how each song tells its own fucking story, like within the movie like that's what's so great about Tarantino's soundtrack when you have a great soundtrack the song fits the story not only does the song fit the story it actually adds to the scene and the story you know like Max's and uh Jackie's you know love for the Delphonics goes farther than just um that's a cool band you know it's a it's a motif that is 
run throughout the movie and just add so much depth to the movie and the characters, you know? Right. The the music is, like, incorporated within the world of the movie. And he, like, perfectly did that with What's Gonna Happen in Hollywood, where all the music in that movie is coming from the radio. Like, there's never a time in that movie where you never... All the music you hear, the radio is on. You hear, you see someone turn on the radio. You hear like radio broadcasting. You never a song doesn't just break out, which is like a really right. brilliant thing about it. There's no, everything is uh, what do you call it, um, diegetic. Uh, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah this yeah. movie doesn't quite do that, but you can see the kernels of that, which is uh, really, really great. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's the the, the the those are that's a really amazing thing about the music choices. Hundred and Tenth Street, like, is the other like thematic song that comes back yeah, in a really really yeah. po- really powerful yeah. way. Yeah. Um, but that song's interesting with Max falling in love with Jackie in that scene because it seems like on paper it seems like surely that must be too cliche oh, that's to work as high, well right? as it that's does high place, on the right? film. Yeah, right, right. Natural high plays there, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, no, that's yeah. Real hot. yeah, I think it's that. I think that's what's the song of place. Yeah. But yeah, um, you're right. But, but the thing is, it's just like the, I mean, soul music, I mean, it's, I, you know, it also helps that I, that's why I, I love that era yeah. of music yeah, and soul music. <laughs> it's, I it's absolutely really love that era. <laughs> so it's, um, it helps that I enjoy that music so much just in my everyday life. But, um, you're right, like that song, it, it, it just is the perfect emotion that Max is feeling in that moment. Like, perfect. Like, it's just, you're like, what dude, I, what come I, what, on. What, I think what I love so much about, about that is that it doesn't really feel like a movie moment of, like, the director telling me this character has fallen in love with this character and I'm going to yeah. use that later. Right. It really feels like it's like, oh, Max just accidentally fell in love with this woman that he just right. saw for the first time. A natural it's like, high. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And well, it's I like... I love it, how the music comes in. It's truly a needle drop. Like, it's truly... Yeah. Like, and the way that the music, like... He uses yeah, music in the suit. It never, like, fades out. It cuts out. It, like, you know, it's very much, like, almost, like... Uh, it's almost like DIY in that type of way. It's like, it's like editing yeah. the movie. It's like, all right, I'm going to play this song and then I'm going to stop right here. There's no, like, gimmicks. You know, there's no, like... Yeah. It's just, like, it's so... But that's, like, comes from black exploitation films. And kind of... There's a lot of them were low-budget and low-fi. And that's most likely yeah. what they fucking did, you know? It's that they recorded their vinyl copy of fucking The Supremes. And then cut it off. Yeah. They didn't know how to fade it. You know? They didn't know how to fade yeah, out. Yeah, right. You know? Like, this was way before, you know, like, you know, how accessible, like, audio recordings were which and is, stuff like that. Which is a cool thing about, again, uh, Tarantino's genius about using these techniques that he's seen in other films, but exactly. to this hugely new yeah. effect. It's like That's like, holy shit. It's a recipe. It's like creating... Yeah the best meal you possibly can of all these things that you like and, and creating right. uh, just an amazing ugly and also that whole scene when they get in the car and the way that he suits it like yeah. these beautiful close-ups um, and I look up who did the cinematography and I thought it was um, Robert Richardson who, who did like a lot of his films and yeah. like it, this was a different guy um, but he, he worked with uh, 
a lot of he works with like Ron Rodriguez a lot, so like Desperado and from Dust Till Dawn. So like yeah. he he got like the look of like an exploitation movie, like the creepiness of it. But it's not fully like from Dust Till Dawn that like literally looks like they poured dirt in the in the film to, like yeah. get it, you know yeah. like, to get it look even more dirty. This like doesn't go all the way there, but it has that um that feeling to it, which was important, obviously. Um, yeah, but I think this movie looks incredible. But that, that I love the texture of the cinematography. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I really, so I really beautiful. like it. It's so amazing. Film, very cool. Textures, yeah. very awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah dog. And but yeah, that scene when they just talk to each other and they're like, and she rolls down the window and like, she's gonna get cigarettes. Like, there's just, there's just this, ten, this sexual tension that is just unbelievable. Like, it's just so palpable and, and amazing just the way that there's these beautiful faces you know uh pan Greer and, and robert forster just um just incredible faces that look amazing on film you know anamorphic yeah. film you know it's like it's incredible it's magic it's just, it's, yeah it's a, it. it's a it's a it's another it's another m- m- moment too where he as much talking as in, that is in this film there's also just All those talking. great moments <laughs> where, like, you you feel like you can just hear their thoughts so so clearly when you just look at like look at their faces and when yeah. they're when they're looking at each other when they're whatever the the shit they're looking at especially Robert Forrester like yes. I I think that I like he like Robert Forrester and I mean De Niro's character too are two characters who don't say quite as much yeah. but still just have like this. Um, I don't know, just magical presence on the screen where it's just like, man, I just, I could just yeah. look, watch that all day long. It's, yep. it's, it's amazing. It's so, yeah, we're it's talking so, about so that amazing. Yeah, we talked about the Gear Hunter. You know, just how, you know, Mark Gero, saying Mark Gero is a good actor is, is like saying, you know, fruit is good for you, you know, or festivals <laughs> are good for you. He's just, he's just good. You know, yeah, he's, he's just, just good. He's just, it's really, I mean, yeah, screen actor, you know, Robert Forster, you know, classic actor, you know, he, he had a great, you know, this was his comeback, you know, he was nominated for an Oscar for this movie, and he's awesome, and after this movie, he got a lot more work, and then had a great role in uh, Breaking Bad uh, before he passed yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I love that scene. What else? What else? I have, uh, I mean, a lot of things that are written down here. Um, I love the scene when, uh, fucking Ornell visits, uh, Jackie when she gets back from jail. That's a really interesting and scene. There's yeah. a great line where <laughs> Ornell's like, who do you think, who do you think, uh, got me out of jail? Same guy who put my ass in jail. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and then, yeah, that whole scene is so, like, kind of tension build. And then she pulls her gun on him. Um, which is amazing because you know, is that a Jackie's, gun on my dick? <laughs> kind of gun on my dick. Yeah, Jackie is a such an amazing, awesome character, and so yeah. layered, so strong, so um, cool as fuck. She's just cool. She's just that's very cool. Pam Greer is just, she's sexy as hell and cool. You know, it's just uh, can't take your eyes off of her. You know. 
and that scene is a uh, it, it kind of um really reveals how her character is really kind of playing everybody in this yeah. film too. <laughs> she's doing a lot of uh yeah. performing because i love that how she switches between um like how she's kind of innocent dumb yeah. girl flight attendant with right. the cops right. and then with <laughs> yeah. ordell What's she like completely and that scene when ordell yeah. tries to kill her that's like the scene where we see like the full swing full volume jackie brown what right. she's like like the black exploitation like this is the character coming out right, right. and then there's even another version like a t more tender version with max cherry which you know by right the ending that, of it yeah, all right. we're wrapping we're wrapping up at the very end of the film yeah. it's like geez is that another performance too on yeah, top right. of all that yeah. in a way that doesn't it doesn't make her feel untrustworthy it just yeah. makes her feel like it's like this person, a real person. is complicated. Yeah. This person well, is really complicated. A real three-dimensional person that you know, absolutely, really, like, yeah, could exist. You know, like all these people. You know, like they just have like such great forces, but none of them feel, you know, exactly right. She is, but you, that's how people interact. You know, they have like different faces I love that. for yeah, who they're talking I know. to. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, also like right. when Orgel leaves her apartment yeah like we were saying like when she leaves her apartment after you know he kicks him out to a gun on him and then he leaves and then the transition this is such a sick transition but she saw it and like at night on the door when like Ornell leaves and then it like fades and then it's morning and she like it's the same shot when she walks and answers the door to Max Cherry and yeah. she's just like your gun's over here, and then it's revealed that it's Max. You know, it's just great, because you think she's talking to Orgel or something, and then, because you don't know it's Max's gun that she has. So there's, like, that's what's so, like, crazy impressive. is like, just because of, like, these conversation scenes, he finds ways like that to be engaging and cool, you know, like, and fun. Cause, like, that's what's really hard to shoot, like, a conversation scenes in an apartment. Like, how am I going to stage this? And how am I going to, like, make it feel alive and real? Like, how people, like, talk to each other, you know, rather than get in here, say your lines, you know? Yeah, and leave, yeah. But, yeah, like that, but, yeah, like, in that scene when, in her apartment, when she's like, do you want me to make coffee, you know? Like, yeah. I'm making coffee. You know, she, she's so... Sweet, you can't not be in love with her, you know? It's like the audience like, can't not be in love with her, you know? And, and same with Max, like that whole, when she plays the Delphonics for the first time, and I mean, that whole, I was just like, the vibes are just unmaxed. They're just, yeah. the, the vibes of the movie are just so, I want to just that live seems... in it. Yeah, th that scene specifically when Max comes into her apartment for the first time is one is one of those that really uh, sticks with me um, just because of how um, like I just Tumblr. love the colors of the apartment. Yeah. I love that like that long shot of Pam of Jackie like putting on the records and them <laughs> sitting at that table because it's so it's obviously like stunningly cinematic but it also just feels like a house you know yeah. that I've been to right. like on a on a visit somewhere or like while yeah. traveling like it's like like a almost like a hotel that like I've stayed at Cozy. so it, yeah. it 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 has like this uh yeah, it just has that that quality that you're right. You just want to step in and just like, well, I scoot over, make me yeah, a cup just, too. Yeah, I just want to uh, live in it, you know. 
Um, yeah, and, the, and that, that whole conversation they have is, is incredible. Another, um, another comment kind of going back to the transition for a moment that I thought that w- was really interesting about portraying, like, shooting Ordell walking out of Jackie Brown's apartment. That's a really small thing, right? Yeah. But the significance of that is that that's a very uncinematic thing especially for a villain like him to do, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like you wouldn't spend the time shooting that in, like, a movie most of the time. It's like, why would we need to see that? And it adds, like, this quality of Ordell, as crazy as he is, like, like, seeing him do that, it's just like, oh, this is just, like, a dude living in a world, too. He's crazy, but he's just a dude. That's what's interesting when you said villains. You're right, he is a villain, but he doesn't... Everybody feels like a real person in this movie. There's no, like, uh... Like, he is the villain of the movie, but you never would think, you know what I mean? Like, you never would be like, yeah, he's the villain. It's like, all these people are, have their own motives and their own motivations for things, you know? Yeah, and and the movie's how it twists together, rather than, like, this person represents good and this person represents evil, and we'll see good prevail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, What else do I have here? Hmm. Oh, yeah, I also, yeah, adding to, like, the kind of interesting things, like, transitions that happen, like, within conversations and scenes, like, that totally comes from exploitative movies, like, B-movies, yeah. like, because they, like, we watch, like, you know, some of those low-budget movies, like, sometimes they'll just do a, like, a transition or a fade if the scenes are boring or something, because they don't know... Yeah, low budget. They can't, you know. So like, it's interesting to see like, like I think of like when Sue and Lewis and Melody are talking, uh, in the in the kitchen, and he's like, "Oh, is this a picture of you when you're 14? And yeah. It, like, uh, he's looking at the picture and then it just fades to her, you know? Yeah. Like, and the, and it's like such a you would never do that, right? It's like such a weird thing to do. But it works like so well, you know. It's like very, yeah. it's a very interesting visual flourish to put into like a just a normal conversation scene, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Really and, like. and does and I feel like dissolves kind of express um, an open endedness in the movie where things exactly, aren't, aren't, right. aren't really like here's this piece, then this piece. It's like we flow from yeah. this idea to this one, and then to this one, to this one. Also, which is, it kind of works too because they're like, like highest, they're highest fucking up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love oh, man. Just on a side note of Lewis's character, I I just loved his like and in, in the background because <laughs> it's so it's that's also so real where like you go to any place and there's just like a dude and a girl getting stoned on a bong or something like that yeah and they just happen to be criminals so but yeah. like so what yeah. uh like one of my one of my favorite scenes is I like yeah that's all i want to do but like you remember the scene when lewis is got really high and he's like on the phone and he's like like playing with the fucking phone oh god i love that well that's so cool like they are uh in the real and you're like what a fuck three minutes later uh very very funny um yeah yeah amazing after he comes (laughs) she's like now we can catch up I love yeah. that. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and then I wrote, I love the scene when Max is just in a record store and he's buying a Delphonics cassette. An- very cute. Another, I just love another that. S- 
I, I really I like, like that, that subplot. And then you hear her listening to it in the car. It's just like a great, you know, like such a great, amazing detail, you know? Like, it's just, I love it, you know? Uh, what, uh, what, kind of going back to like that close-up shot of him falling in love with Jackie Brown with the, uh, um, you know, that song playing, and then yeah. hearing the Delphonics in his, um, in her, in her, in her uh, apartment. Yeah. It like, and then you see him listening to it and kind of falling in love with the Delphonics alongside yeah. Jackie. Yeah. It like then, for a viewer, like promotes this like understanding of how to fall in love with music it's almost like that story within the story a little thing like that because that's how that's how that's how we fall in love with new music we find it through like these means and then you think about that all the time you know people or you know sharing experiences with somebody you know yeah yeah you're absolutely right yeah i love that so i i i love again something that's just like is this important why are we seeing this it's like oh man it's so important man look it's there's so much there um yeah then so then you know this like this steam happens like jackie brown you know the plot of the movie is like jackie brown basically is like creating this heist to get like five hundred thousand dollars but she's kind of backstabbing people, right? And kind of, uh, and creating this whole steam around She's her, playing like a double, you know? a double agent or something. Right. Like a double, triple awesome. agent. Yeah, so, yes, she, so, so she's playing, she's like an informant for the FBI or whoever they are, the cops, you know? Yeah. And then she, uh, has a deal with Orgel, and then ropes Max into helping her, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, lo- I also just love this is a non-literary thing I was talking about earlier. I love how he did, did it in this movie. So you see, like, the first thing, like, you see the money heist, and you see, like, the rough trial, or whatever it's called, the first yeah. trial. Test, test run, like, yeah, or something. I also just love, like, he structures this movie like a thriller, but it's so, like, low-key. Yeah. Know? I'm just kind of connecting it now, where... I want, like, the black exploitation thing, you watch some of those, or movies or something, like, they have these, like, low-fi aesthetics, like, these, like, you know, three minutes later, you know, or, or like, these, like, title cards and these weird transitions. But it, I think the way that he's structured, this, it's kind of brilliant, the, the way that he's, like, this is a movie kind of style, like, exploitative movie style, because it's structured like a thriller, but it's it's so like laid back in the way of like maybe some of those movies felt, you know? Because yeah. they're not you know, they're trying to make a thriller but they maybe weren't achieving it. So maybe to Tarantino they felt kinda of more like loose and hangover uh, and hang out yeah. and hang out way. So yeah. I just think that's like an amazing fucking oh, yeah. just layer to kind of what makes this movie feel so cool because it's like yeah, it's a thriller, yeah. but it's not. You know, like, it's just, it's like, the, the heist is kind of part of it, but you, but it's all interesting. Like, we, when they caught with Orgel and Jackie are talking at the mall about, like, all right, we're going to, here's how we're going to drop it. We're going to go to the store and, like, all this shit. And then, like, Max walks out of the movie theater and he sees Jackie and he's like, hey, what's up? And then yeah. they start talking. But it, it's great because it sets up also at Orgel being like, what the fuck? Like, why is he here? Why are they talking yeah. to each other? Um, 
But that whole scene, they're, they're just, you know, they weren't bonding, right? They weren't talking anymore. Just, and that's how he, she ropes him in, right? At the end, when, of that scene at the mall, she basically tells him, would you walk away from $500,000, you know? And, uh, yeah. I love it, man. It's just, it's, she uses almost her charm and her, you know, her lovableness and her sexiness almost to get what she wants. But not in a way that's like, feels grimy, you know, or feels gross, you know? It's like, that's who she is and, and he's kind of into it. Max is into it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I just, I just really, I don't know, I, I, love, I like this movie a lot, I think it's... Yeah, well, yeah. A, a lot of things from off of what you said like kind of starting with like that quality of being a thriller but it's not because it's too laid back like that's yeah. another thing about tarantino with his genre um uh approach is that he also blends things yeah, right. together like he right. often blends two genres together that aren't <laughs> like, really... right, like kill bill is a is a kung fu movie but it's also a samurai movie yeah but it's right. also a spaghetti western it's so good Right, right, yeah. and so and then and so those those colors. It's like, man, your palette is. I've never seen it before, but it yeah. works really well, well it's, together. The genius part of it is him recognizing that, right? It's him yeah. recognizing, like, you know, a good great together, a kung fu movie, a samurai movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But also, uh, you know, that's what makes him so impressive is that he uh, he knows what colors will go together to make a great color. You know, a really right, cool color, right. a different color. And uh, the other thing I love about um, about this movie and in the strength of being feeling like a thriller without literally being a thriller in terms of fast pacing or exciting cinematography yeah. um, is that he, it has this slow pace throughout. But whenever you're watching it, like you get under the illusion where you get wrapped up in it, where it starts to totally. feel really fast, and it gets so right. exciting. When the, when the heist happens, when the heist is going down, it's like it's pretty intense. Um, but like re when you're rewatching it, even when it's intense, he stays so slow. The movie know, stays yeah. slow. Right. And right. I, I was yeah. I was really honestly surprised when I was rewatching that and being like, man, that is so. I just think that yeah. that's so cool. How yeah. you can. He just he just knows that the characters are enough. It's like we yeah. don't have to cut exactly. shorten the shot length to make this feel yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um which there's always yeah. movies like that's the But what that's, it also goes with the high school is like goes with amazing all of their like perspective shift. Yes. Yes. Very yes. cool. So know? it feels like it's unraveling right. Right. It's not, along it's, with it's it. It's dynamic in a way. It's it's actually stamp on it, right? It's like, okay, I've seen so many scenes like this, right? How cool it'll be if you see the same scene, but in the different perspectives of all the players, right? Uh, which is like so, and that's a risky thing to do, right? Because you can really, yeah, you can bore an audience by doing that, and you can like really like lose that by doing that, right? I mean, all the characters are so fucking great, you don't even care. Like, you're like, oh, what, right, what was what was Max doing during this conversation, right? Or you know, like seeing the different perspectives is like, and you and it adds each one you get more information about how you know everything went down and how everything ties together, and by the end you get the full picture of what Jackie right. did, right? Right, 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 and that's and that's so so satisfying. I think yeah. like an example of how um. I feel like that's a strategy that's used a lot in TV to great success and also to great not success sometimes because 
the way that this can be a flawed approach to making something so compelling is that it actually slows down information to fill up a space right mm-hmm. so it's just like oh we don't reveal this because we don't want to we want to wait until the next episode or like wait for the payoff or something yeah. like that yeah. um uh, but like he doesn't he doesn't do that he, he yeah. withholds yeah. just as much as you need to to be able to launch you into the next thing which then yeah. launches you you get this rubber band effect while Very still cool. yeah. you know plodding along you know, he's got pop picture, you know, like pop picture, you right know, right right has that really wild goblin storytelling in it that um that is does that too, right? Where it's like seeing Vincent get killed the way that he does, um yeah. adds yeah. so much to the end of it. And like what that movie's about. Thematically, you know, like 'cause it was seeing that end scene you know like his paint, you know? And so yeah. like it adds such a great dynamic to it, you know. Um but uh yeah. And I love the scene also, like when they when they do the lock heist, you know, and they uh, how it was supposed to go, you know, or they or Jackie gets a uh, stronger, strong, stronger, 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 stronger. That scene, I don't know why, I really there's something like really sweet and wholesome about that. Like when she like comes up and. She's nervous, obviously. It's like a young black woman that is like clearly, you know, nervous about doing this. And Out of her like, element, and yeah. Jackie's so calm and cool. And she's like, they just drop the bag. But they have this like connection, you know, like she's so sweet to her. And there, I don't know, there's something like so. I just love how Tarantino, like, you guys listen to Paul Pixel too, where it's like the way he treats criminals. <laughs> it's like fascinating because <laughs> yeah. he knows like they're humans and like just because you're a quote-unquote criminal doesn't mean you're a, a type of person right like you're yeah you know, there's so right, many right. different types of people in the world and to, to just be like if you're a robber you're like a guy a type of guy like you know, it could also be jacking around isn't that more interesting you know it's more yeah dynamic, like, it's like a sweet you know um really um obviously empathetic person is like you know is also doing some criminal things uh yeah. but there's this moments like that that he includes in the movie like you didn't have to have a scene where she tells Sharonda like hey everything's gonna be okay like you know, she didn't, you know what I mean like some other people are like just cut that out we don't need that yeah, that doesn't yeah. Drive, but it's like that's not what the movie is like this is like it's just like he understood all the way through until the end like how this movie is supposed to how this movie you know, works and function you know that 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 scene's kind of uh that's kind of making me think about jackie's character because like the fact that she kind of because it's kind of another face that she puts on with interacting yes. with her yeah. and what it made me realize about because she doesn't feel manipulative she doesn't yeah. really feel it, like she's it controlling feels like it's people from a place, you know? and i and it's like it's like it's like jackie brown's character is able 
to morph to be exactly what that person needs her to be, but not in a way. It's like she she yeah. can just become exactly what that other person she's needs. Not, like she knows it instantly. It's not for her own benefit, right? There are times where it is, but for that, that moment, she's doing it to make She was doing it for her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really that's, really that's 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 really really cool. Yeah. That's, also, that's, just that's really, absolutely really cool. love another like amazing needle drop scene when Max is watching the house unfold and then. You know, he realizes that the bag was switched and this, like, incredible piano plays and he just has a smile, like, looking at it like, man, I am yeah. super attracted to this woman, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I love it. It's, yeah. it's so, like, it's, I just, that feeling is so, like, universal, right? Like, this feeling, yeah. of, just, like, it's, the way that it, I, I've never seen Tarantino be this romantic in a movie. Like, it's so almost, like, uh, yeah, so sentimental in a, in, a, in a way that's so raw and real, you know? Like, yeah, music, yeah. music like that is so... It it works so well. Like, it's... I've never really... And also, Robert Forster plays that perfectly. And, and, yeah. You know, it's, it's always perfectly played. It's, it's actors, it's music, it's it's... Everything's all perfectly played. It's not nothing yeah. is over over the top in any way. Yeah, it, it does have like that. Um, we, we were calling it kind of a romance, a romance story, and yeah. I almost think it's almost more apt to just use that word of just romantic. Like it's just yeah, a really romantic, romantic yeah. feeling yeah, totally. story and relationship. It's so you're right. It's so romantic. And then yeah, I love how it says like it was like a bloody house trial and then when it actually happens like money money exchange for real this time okay yeah so, uh, <laughs> you know that's another thing that we didn't really talk about with him is like there is this fourth wall breaking a lot in his like movies sometimes where it's like uh he'll he'll do shit like that like he'll he'll put up like you know Paul Pixel there's obviously like um but there's like you know there's well even the fake green screen you know like in, in the back and shit like it's like he i like that they're in kill bill for sure like i like that he's all sometimes like hey you're watching a movie you know yeah. like he'll throw in these things that are that are that are really really fun that are like you know, for real this time it's like him talking to you almost the director like just fucking talking to you uh, yeah. Which is like cool, you know. That should not. That doesn't mean every filmmaker should do that. But um, this would work really well. Um, right, and I think that's 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 really fun. That, that's part of like the postmodern flavor that he's yes. really good at. Yeah, you know, yeah, where yeah. um, like when it's done right, it just feels like uh, it feels like the, it, anything could happen in the movie because there are right. no bounds, not even like between audience and and right. screen. And that's that's really cool to be watching something that can go absolutely anywhere. Yeah. And so the exchange happens and you see Jackie go into the the Macy's or whatever it is, buy buys a suit and then yep. you know, puts it on. And then there's this moment when like again, like this little small moment of Jackie, her looking at the mirror, herself in the mirror with the suit on, she has this like look of almost like uh I don't know, almost like a scene to look at herself in the mirror, which I thought was like really interesting. Um, and then Melody comes by, gives her the money, and he runs out. She's really nervous and, like, runs out. And it's like, Ray, Ray, Ray! And we're like, what? 
what the hell? Like, and you kind of, from previous you know that she's building up to, you know, something, you know, like to, to um, you know, backstab Orgel, you know? Yeah. Um, and so you see that, and then it switches to Lewis and Melody getting there. And this build-up is unbelie- unbelievable. Like, her yeah. being a uh, going respect. You see it first when, like, he, he's in the uh, apartment of Lewis, like, we gotta go, we gotta go. Yeah. And she's just like, no, shut up. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> And he's just like, oh my god. And so they go, the heist happens. He's, <laughs> De Niro playing this so perfectly. He's so, like, fed up. Like, he, the yeah. bottle, the bottle, annoying, like, annoying thing is so real. Like, I mean, <laughs> I was like, I have been that. And you've seen me do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, relate so hard to that guy in that moment. But what I want to do is pull out a gun and shoot her in the parking right. lot. Um, which is, you know, the only real shocking act of violence in this whole movie. Right, which, which I, I, I love. I do. I love that moment, too. And yeah. it's also... It's, uh, unbelievably that, funny. Uh, that's also off-screen, similarly to Beaumont's yeah. murder. It's, yeah. it's, it's not seen. Lewis's murder also isn't really seen. Like, you just see the blood. You yeah. know? You don't really, it's not gratuitous in any way, you know? You definitely know what happens, yeah. but it's not gratuitous. It's not yeah. Django. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Django where you're like, I think that guy died. Yeah. Four, probably, four, he's prob- four bullets ago. <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably dead. He is probably, yeah. he using, is probably dead. Using bodies as human shields and shit. And fucking, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, another thing about um that uh that scene at, at the mall uh, we've been talking about it being non-linear, and usually when we say non-linear, yeah, we this mean is not kind of, it, it is, it is, it is non, it is non-linear, but not in the way where it's like jumping, yeah, right, like back and forth between yeah. time. That's usually right. what we mean by non-linear. This is more non-linear in a Long way, perspective, different perspectives yeah. of the same scene. Yeah. And you've yes, seen right. things like that, but uh, this is like pretty unique and, and, and cool. Right, and this and this this is also an interesting point in the movie because it's always been moving forward in time. So this yeah, is interesting right, right. where we get a repeated moment where we see yeah. the same scene multiple times. Right. Uh, it kind of it From kind of it's, al- it's, it's like almost confusing the at first. Of the heist, uh, with a different character's perspective of it. Right. It's, it's also it's also interesting because like when I was watching this, um, when they were explaining the heist. It kind of sounded convoluted, so I didn't yeah. really understand how it was going to go down. So seeing it happen was kind of like, oh, that's what they meant. That's right. what they were going to do. This yeah. is how this was going to work. So these are how these pieces fit together. Well, and then you could the, start, like, seeing you, how it's going to unfold. I think it's so cool that, like, because Tarantino builds you up to this heist that actually doesn't happen, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, like so what exactly is, like, Practically, that's a great song. She's practically running out of the store. You're kind of like, wait, what happened? What, what went wrong? Like, what? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, which is great. You know, great setup for that. And then she, you know, reveals, you know, calls out for Ray, you know, and, and stuff like that. But um, it's just like a really great build up, you know? Like, it's, 
the creepy audience kind of takes, like, it's not Ocean's Eleven, where, like, yeah, this yeah. is a great movie, but it's, like, not, like, you hear the heist happen, and they do the heist. You know, there's bumps yeah. and some movie, good movies, there's bumps on the road, and, like, doing the heist, but they do it, you know? And, but that's the right, fun of that right. movie. That's why it makes that movie work. It's, like, the build-up of it is so fun, and then they actually execute it. And then, but what's fun about Ocean's Eleven is, like, when something happens, like, oh, shit, that's not supposed to happen. That's not how the, right. you know, the audience knows how the plan's going to go. So the, that creates tension. But this is, like, interesting because it's, again, more about the characters. It's not really about the heist. You're not really thinking yeah. about the heist. Like, you're thinking about how is Jackie going to deal with this situation or how is this going to affect Max and Jackie's relationship and, and Orgel and, and Jackie. You know, you're not thinking about man, I hope they get the money. You're never thinking that, like, you know, like, yeah, like, when they get the money, I never, like, thank God she got the money. I'm just like, yeah, she got Yeah, it. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like more, like, the movie's investigating the question of how would a normal person steal $500,000? Yeah, right, you know? right, right. How, how, would they, how would they do that? And then what effect would would that have especially if the person she's stealing it from is a psychopath yeah right yeah and i also love uh well suits melody and then he gets to the car and then orgel gets to the car and then he's like where's melody he's like i i shot her he's like you <laughs> shot her like, yeah, she's annoying, basically, like, she's annoying the shit out of me. And yeah. Sam <laughs> Jackson in that scene is like, just looks at him like, who, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What, what's, um, what's, what's, that's what's, 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 uh, about like Sam Jackson's response to like uh, him shooting Melody, what cracks me up about that is that usually most normal people would be upset that this man just killed someone else, which yeah. is not really the problem. Like that's yeah. not the problem. The problem yeah. is just like we were doing something. Why would you do that then? Like do it yeah, later, right. you know? Yeah. Which is what's yeah. so he's like he's upset yeah, for like completely the wrong yeah. reason. <laughs> he's like, like man, if you got you got to do what you got to do, yeah. I guess. Uh, that also makes me laugh about um, a previous scene between Ordell and Louis much earlier in the film when uh, it's it's talked about like when he's when like Lewis is feeling guilty about having sex with Melanie um, yeah. and like about dishonoring <laughs> Ordell and yeah. and Ordell's like well I hope you felt bad afterwards knowing that you knowing not knowing that I was okay with that and the way that Robert De Niro says yeah. like afterwards I did it's yeah. like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really yeah. really funny but uh, just yeah. like like their relationship uh you know has that has this quirky funny thing to yeah. it in this really like disturbing way cuz they're both pretty disturbing Psychos. people yeah right yeah <laughs> but also like the, the way that that all coordinates with the like when they get when, they, when he makes them pull over and it's like you know like what happened like where's the money because like you know it's not all the money there and, and he's like well i saw max cherry there and yeah and i was like what the fuck and there's this moment that i love that uh orgel stops and puts his head down I love that. like pushes on him, and like you guys were like, "Oh fuck, is he gonna shoot Lewis?" 
Well, let me get something he's like, you know, Jackie, you know, and then they have this conversation, and then he shoots him. So it's like yeah. this, like, fantastic, fantastic build-up to it. Um, that, you know, is, you think that that was going to happen, but he pulls the rug up from you, but he still does it. You know, it's like, yeah. very, like, uh, keeps on your toes in this, like, you know, great way, you know, shocks an audience, you know. But in a way that's, like, so, still so good, you know, like, the way that he kills him is so, like, yep, that's, that's yeah, another happen, another you know? another another uh like where he's not showing you the violence because it's well, like from the back seat yeah, and you see the, the back yeah, the right. back of their heads. Right. Um I uh yeah, that's a really cool moment because there's like that that scene works so well because of all the work that the rest of the movie was doing yeah, right. like building up to that because one like that moment of quiet, you know, while he's putting those pieces together, you know that he's going to put yeah. together that Jackie Brown did it because he's seen all the pieces. You know he has all the pieces. Well, I just love and he that just he, sits, he just needed that. Watch him do that. Yeah, I like, love that just too. Watch him like, like so much tension in it because you know, like, I don't know, you don't know what he's going to say, right? Like, yeah. You don't really quite know what he's going to say. Um, and it's funny too because it also has that. Because he's so annoying, like Lewis in that moment. So you're like, is he just thinking about shooting him right now? Like, yeah. Know? Right, right. And it's and it's funny because it has that. Even though Lewis isn't like the hero of the story, like it has oh. that. For one, you you know that like, oh, he's probably gonna figure out that it's Jackie Brown. But then also, it's like, yeah. is he gonna kill Lewis? <laughs> I don't know if I want him to kill Lewis. Well, yeah, and he does. <laughs> he kills. Know, he kills Lewis. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that, and, uh, that was great. That's a really incredible. great scene. Yeah, and then the ending obviously is fantastic when, you know, Jackie is uh you know, um basically, you know, has that scene with Michael Keaton and you know, and her, you know, finesses him, you know, and finesses this whole situation. Gets the money, you know. And uh and yeah, I mean I, and, you know, the whole, you know, scene killing Orgel is pretty Awesome too, you know. Um, Vanessa's, you know, yeah. having them gets, you know, Ray to, you know, it worked. Her plan works, you know. Um, and also, like, even in the moment when Orgel gets killed, there's this moment that I love because he gets brutally killed. I mean, like, just, yeah. Like, and there's a scene where, like, Max and Jackie look at each other, like, right when it happens, they look at each other almost like, in like disgust with one another or like they're ashamed yeah. of kinda of like what they did. Which I think is like great and they just it's just a moment in the movie. Like they don't like that's just like it's what they were feeling in that moment, which is like really real. Uh yeah. Really real. Um, I don't care what, you know, this person did to you, like watching someone get murdered in front of you and you were behind it most likely won't be you know, like you gonna you gonna this person wrong you in the wildest way. I mean, like you know, uh, which is funny. Which is funny because we've definitely there's millions of movies where like the death of a character is kind of like you know fist pumping yeah, thing. Yeah, you right, know, right. Uh, but you're you're so right. Like you feel the impact of like even though Orgel is uh, scum by a lot of qualifications, right. um, they feel the impact of his, especially. Um, with but that, also, like, that in, in that moment, you're like, yeah, Ornell, like, deserved this, but he also is like, I don't know, it's like, you kind of love him, because he's, 
Sam Jackson yeah. playing him so well, and he's so amazing and funny and yeah. cool to watch. And, but you also think, like, it's, I don't know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's very dynamic in that way. It makes you ask those questions, like, yeah. Did he even deserve this? Like, you know, like, how much worse is he than Jackie, or, you know? Like, right, kinda, right. Um, and there, there's also that follow-up shot, which is uh, a really gripping shot of, like, zooming in on his dead, yeah. wide-eyed face, yeah. Um, yeah. which is really yeah. the only reveal of violence, massacre, mm-hmm. death, and you know, that we... Yeah, uh, and most blood. So that was, uh, you know, fitting. You know, the person who's been committing the violence is the only one where we get to sit Mm -hmm, in his violence, the visual violence. Yeah. And then you have the last moment between Max and Jackie, which is ugly, like an ugly, like it's a magical. One of the most powerful endings ever. (laughs) So strong. Magical scene. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Spain. And there's just like this, you know, like goodbye, kind of. And this like, kind yeah. of like, uh, and she's like, you want to come with me? And he's like, yeah, let's do that. You know, I, got a, I got a business to run. Yeah. She goes up, kisses him, and like this really, like, beautiful close-up. And he picks up the phone. And he starts like talking to a client with her, and she leaves. And he, just Robert Forster, the way that he played that was so, like, it's perfect. Like, it's so perfect. Like, he looks at her like he like lost a puppy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like lost something. Like just completely, as the kids call it, fumbled the bag. Um, <laughs> and she drives away, and the the scene of like shallow focus and like he like walks into it and he puts his hands on his yeah. on his head and it cuts yeah. to Jackie just this close up of her driving the car listening to Hunger and Tuck Street and singing along to it which is uh, a song that is like about uh, kind of like uh, like street life and kind of uh, um, kind of uh, you know living life the way that she does right like living life yes yeah. um you know, way to get by, you know? Um, and, like, her just kind of sitting in that song and, like, sitting in this moment with her uh, is, like, a perfect way to end it, you know? Like, it's perfect. That, that was perfect. It was, like, yeah. I don't know what else she would have done, you know? And it's also, like, weirdly, um, like, bold, in a way. You're like, whoa, that's how there's... Quentin Tarantino's gonna end this movie is a moment between two people and a kiss. Yeah. And, like, this lost love, like, this like this longing, right? Um, so mature and so, like, just restrained, you know? And, like, in such a, like, gorgeous way. It feels like a... I don't know, it feels like a French New Wave kind of ending, or it feels like a, you know, uh, um, an ending to a not a mainstream, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. you know, a big budget movie by an auctioneer filmmaker in the 90s, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very quiet moment, but it works so, so brilliantly. And that yeah, song, I'm... I mean, letting that song speak for itself is also like I fucking love, you know, that song's yeah, he... blaring, you know? Yeah. 
full. Uh, yeah. Which, like, uh, th- that moment is so powerful to me because of how easy it is to relate to in our own life. Because, like, the shots, again, shots that are extremely cinematic, but yeah. not flashy in any kind of way. You know, staying camera staying out of the way. Um, but it really gets that feeling of like, it feels like to me, like when you're seeing like a, a friend you haven't seen in a really long time and it's the time Mm -hmm. when they have to go back home, you know, they have to go off the road trip or a family member, like a grandparent where you're leaving or getting on the plane, you have to leave them behind. So it's like, well, they're old. I might not see them again. You know, who knows what's going to happen. It kind of feels like that where it's just like, you know, this has to happen like this. This is like, what else? Like nothing special can happen. She just has to walk out the door. No fireworks, nothing like that. She just walks out and that's it. But But at the same time, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like huge. It's it's kind of like get off the phone. You know, like, he's trying yeah. to, like, get her off the phone so he could, like, whatever he was going to do, you know? It's great. It's but, so it's, great. But, but there's no time, and you just have, yeah. to, just have to move on, you know, yeah. with that. Move on, right. move on with your life. I yeah. love it. I, I, I freaking love yeah. it. It's such a, it's so, yeah, it's so magical and strong right. and, yeah. and powerful and yeah. perfect, perfectly executed. Perfectly yeah. executed. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, so a, a really strong thing. I think, should we end with the ending? Yeah, I mean, I think so, right? I think so too. Yeah, I don't think. How that, long have I we mean, been talking? An hour, hour, hour and thirty. Half? I think. Really? That, I think with yeah, talking hour an 30. hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah. No, I I fucking love I love this film like so much, and I don't know, man. I just I hate to be that guy because Tarantino is so popular, but I mean, there's a reason. His songs are connected so much with the the world. You know, what's the kind of Hollywood thing? Four hundred million dollars worldwide. <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think he's a you know he's obviously a special special guy. I'm a filmmaker that obviously is influenced um our you know our generation and millennials and um. And I just think I I'm glad we talked about this movie because I think it's the most underrated movie by far. Um, yeah, I think and, so. Uh, I think it's so, and I get why you know it's like I get some reason why I get like what kind of kind of Hollywood might be not be everybody's cup of tea. It's very slow and it's very like it's not it's not a glorious bastard, you know. It's not yeah. a movie that is like. Um, but at the same time, though, like Pulp Fiction's also that. Um, Paul Fiction's also like pretty, yeah. but the thing yeah. about Paul Fiction is it has the insane action and violence and kind of a purposely like in your face, you know, that moves about violence. So it's like attention grabbing, you know, yeah, in yeah. many, many, many ways, yeah. Yeah, so I get why this film, Jack Brown, is kind of, and it's also referencing a movie that not a lot of people are even really aware of, you know. Um, yeah. But it's um, uh, but 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 like with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's like the the resistance and the reason why it's not as appealing is that it's not as attractive to make the decision to watch it. But once yeah, right, you are right, watching sure, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's just yeah. as good, you know. But even like people, I think what I think, but even like people who do watch it, you know, think that's it's like, true. It's yeah, slow true. and kind of like why am I with these guys? Like you just gotta sit with it. But you hear 
So many people like I know like a lot of people I know like when they first saw what's gonna call in Hollywood. And I was this way. When I first saw what's gonna call Hollywood, I was like, I like this movie, but I was like, I didn't quite you know, because we, when I experienced the first time I was like trying to I was waiting for some kind of Right, waiting plotter, for it to happen. Know? But yeah. when I saw it again, I was like, Holy because you just you realize the point of it is to sit in it, right? And to sit with these characters and, and to, you know, just be with it, you know, instead of waiting for, you know what I mean? But I've heard so many people that I know have, like, had that exact same experience with what's going to call Hollywood. It's like, now it's like, yeah, yeah. they're most rewatched movies because you're like, well, I want to watch the Brad Pitt going to the, the, the movie ranch. Like, I got to see that scene again. Oh, yeah. I got to see, you know, uh, Rick Dalton's fucking, uh, you know, guest spot on fucking you know, whatever that yeah. Western series is. Like, I gotta see these scenes again, right? These moments. Yeah. I gotta I gotta hang out with Cliff and Rick again. I gotta yeah. watch the watch the uh, Rick's episode of FBI, you know? Yeah. The 10-minute <laughs> yeah. scene of, like, nothing. Like, they're just talking and making jokes about, you know, two friends hanging out, literally. Um, and that, this movie has that same kind of vibe. Absolutely, like, yeah, of, for sure, you, for sure. You, but it also has this cool heist thriller plot to it, which I think, you know, um, is makes this film feel, you know, different than what's going to call Hollywood. It's not like right, right. Just like yeah. did it again. But, um, yeah, I, I I get it. But as I get older, the more I appreciate almost his, like, I just think this is one of the most impressive movies he's ever made. I just think. What he's able to do with this is so difficult and hard with like no kind of gimmicky, I don't say gimmicky is bad word, but you know, you know, like, you know, storytelling things that he's doing and violence to like keep an audience and things like, what he did was like, what a right amazing characters and how to rely on just these people and their relationships and yeah, the heist will be fun. You'll go on a fun ride, but you know, you're gonna you're gonna walk by thinking about Max Cherry and Jack yeah. and Jack Brown. I'm not, Yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is this may be a weird analogy, but it makes me think about like a singer. It's like there's nothing wrong with autotune. Autotune's an amazing yeah. function for something, but it's like a singer who uses autotune Jen just decides to say, you know, I'm just gonna make a song that just uses my real voice because I know it's a great voice. I know I yeah. can do it, and I know right. that's what the song needs. And so like that here is just like he just doesn't need all the flashiness because he yeah. knows but what what you need then is to actually have good writing to actually have great characters yeah. along that and it's and you're right it's it's really impressive to be able to pull that off because that's hard to do really hard to do yes and i just like i also just admire the fact that this was his movie that he made after pulp fiction you know like yeah. just kind of was like not only am i not gonna do that i'm gonna kind of go completely left in a lot of ways like what you think I'm gonna do, you know, and that's the right decision to do. I think if he, if he tried to almost like make Paul Fiction again, you know, like that would be kind of ridiculous, worked. Yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, this is an awesome movie. I don't know Fucking where it is in like Quentin Tarantino ranking. Stupid. I don't know. <laughs> high. <laughs> it's high right now. Yeah, up there. To the up top there. three, I think. Um. Yeah, sick. Like well, that was fun to talk about. Yeah, let's spin the wheel. See what's up for next week.
across the hundred and tenth street. Um, alright, we got, <laughs> we got American Graffiti, directed by oh, George Lucas. <laughs> interesting. Have you, fun. have you seen that? Mm-mm. I've not okay. seen American Graffiti. I haven't seen crazy. that. Um, and then we got, oh yeah, Long Wolf and Cub. <laughs> is this Baby Cart in the Land of Demons? I don't know if this is the, look, you hear what I said? Baby yeah. Cart in the <laughs> Land of Demons. I don't know which one this is. But maybe we could just be like, that's the second one. That would be that, that. kind of sick if we just naturally came across yeah. the Lone Wolf and Cub movie. I kind of yeah. wanted that to happen. Birds but your pick, your pick. Birds of Prey. <laughs> that, wait, is that the, the DC movie? That's the Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, oh yeah, this movie called The Climb. Um, it's like an independent movie about, um, two, I think this was like a Sundance movie a couple years ago. About these two cyclists. It's literally just like a one shot movie of these two cyclists, like having a conversation, like climbing up this hill. Interesting. Um, apparently, it's really, really great. Um, it's tough. So, it's weird because I also I just watched, there's an amazing documentary on Disney Plus about ILM and about, you know, the start of ILM and, and George Lucas and. Uh, you know, the, the unbelievable visual effects studio, you know, ILM. And it is one of the most, like, inspiring and, like, mind-blowing documentaries I've ever seen. Sick. Um, it is so cool. It's made me, I, I was a George Lucas fan, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, I think he's, <laughs> more, he's more important to the world than I think people think he is. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he really uh, is. Innovated on so much technology, it's like kind of absurd. Um, kind of yeah. like a Steve Jobs in a way of, of um, you know, he didn't quite know how to do, technically how to do things, but he knew what he wanted, and he also knew what the future was going to be. George Lucas basically created CGI, let's just say that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but... So, um, but American Graffiti is interesting because they talk about American Graffiti and how, because the first two episodes were about Star Wars, because that's when ILM started with the first Star Wars. And, like, it's so, it's magic. So when you watch, like, some of those, you know, practical effects that are real Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. So cool. Um, it's also cool because Phil Tippett is one of, like, the main yeah. guys, like, in the documentary because he's, like, the stop motion guy of ILM yeah, yeah. until... Until uh, Jurassic Park, when he, um, you know, unfortunately, that was like a interesting part of the documentary when CGI started in the, the you know, 90s, like the stop motion model stuff kind of got pushed, pushed away, obviously, oh, yeah. because of, of CGI. Um, so he's a big player in that documentary, actually. But um, anyway, but American Beauty is like the successful movie that George Lewis made that led him to make Star Wars. It's like the. Yeah, was yeah. The, yeah. Was the, which I've never seen it, and I've heard it's great. I've heard it's, you know, pretty awesome movie. Um, but I think we should do, let's do Lone Wolf and Cub. I think this is, I don't know what this is, but we should do the second one. Let's just do the let's second do one. It. Whatever yeah. that one is, let's just do the second one. Because uh, I don't know what this one this is. Uh, I think that, uh, honestly, I think that might, that might very well, very likely could the be the one? second one. You think yeah. so? I think it yeah. might be. But anyway, yeah, we'll do the second one. 
Um, if you guys uh, got this far, we reviewed, we did the first one, like, a while ago. The Sword of Vengeance. Sword of Vengeance, yeah. And then, I don't know what it was called. But, um... Something goofy and great. Something, yeah, something goofy. Um, alright, cool, we'll do that. Lone Wolf and Cub 2, next week. Alrighty, Lone Wolf and Cub 2. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.